Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lyford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. We have a lot to talk about today, but before I get to any of it, because I do want to talk about the Giants' win last night and Logan Webb, who has just been dominant in his last 11 starts, really since coming off the IL, he has been one of, if not the best pitcher in the National League since coming back. But before we get to any of that, just want to send, and I think I'm, you know, I'm not going to act like I speak for everybody at 95.7 the game with every single opinion that I make, but I think that I can speak for everybody uh, when I do say we are all thinking about uh, Chris Bassett today after that just scary hit off of Goodwin's bat uh, with the line drive, the comebacker. And, um, you know, Bob Melvin did give the update after the game that he was conscious and that he was aware. So um, that was a good sign. But anytime you see that happen, it's incredibly scary. And the A's ended up uh, losing that game. But I, 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 it was a tough spot for one for Birch Smith to, to come into that game, especially with uh, the Bases loaded, and everything that happened. It was just, it was a scary moment, and um, you know, we're 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 all thinking about Chris Bassett and, and wish him well and a speedy recovery. And we do want to see him back on the mound because you've heard me talk about him before. The emotion uh, that he shares in his post game interviews, how well liked he is among the A's organization. And seeing yesterday the comments he made before the game, because he was, of course, traded from the White Sox in that Samarja deal. And, you know, Chris Bassett said that when he plays the White Sox, he has that chip on his shoulder because he wants to show out against his former team. But, you know, unfortunately, it ended in that fashion. I just hope to see, hopefully we could see him back on the mound, uh, at least by the time playoffs comes around, because Chris Bassett is much needed in that starting rotation. But uh, just hopefully, mentally, everything with him is and physically is okay. So um, thoughts are with uh, Chris Bassett. Just wanted to start off with that first and foremost. And there's really no easy way to transition, but the Giants did get a big win yesterday at home against the Mets. The ball is hit well. Deep right center field. Way back there and adios Pelota! A two-run homer for Tommy LaStella and that was a big fly right where the ballpark starts to open up into the Mets bullpen. 2-0 Giants. Credit NBC Sports Bay Area for that audio and that was much needed in the first inning because in this game Marcus Stroman was the opposing pitcher and if you've ever watched Marcus Stroman before 
You know that he works slow. He has that specific windup where sometimes he will stay in the same position for 15 seconds. He will try and throw off your timing. And that's exactly what he was doing in the beginning of that game. I don't think there has been, and there's no way I can track this, I don't think there has been a longer time in between a fifth and a sixth pitch than there was in that time with Tommy LaStella and Marcus Stroman at the plate because it's just like, man, can we get this thing over with? We had Lamont Wade. He got the early single on the 1-0 count. And then Tommy LaStella comes in, takes a called strike. Then he fouls one off. Then he takes a ball. Then Marcus Stroman tries to throw a pickoff. Then he calls his catcher, tries to get a mound visit to figure out what they're going to do. He's trying to throw off any rhythm that was possibly had by Tommy LaStella. And in the end, he ended up fouling a ball off, and there was still a 1-2 count, took a ball. Then it was another pickoff attempt. Then Tommy LaStella ends up hitting the home run on that play. Took forever. Took forever that pit uh, that that single pitch from between the fifth and the six pitches, but that's just how Marcus Stroman works. And overall, I, he had a great game after that. He really started to hit his stride in the sixth inning. When I mean, the only guy who was getting any hits off of him in this game was Evan Longoria. After that, he was just ripping off single after single after single, but nobody could do anything. I mean, you heard Mike Kruko on the broadcast. He was saying that this was and. He might have been exaggerating a little bit, but he this was Buster Posey's worst showing against a pitcher. He said, him and Dave Fleming were saying that nobody, no pitcher in Buster Posey's career had made him look like that, which may have been uh, hyperbole, but after all... He didn't look too good, and Evan Longoria was the only one who did look good uh, against Marcus Stroman. But by the time it got to the sixth inning, you could tell that he was starting to get to the point where he stopped being patient with his pitches, and instead he was uh, speeding it up. And he, he was trying to throw off the timing, and he did just that at the end of the sixth inning. And luckily... In the seventh, by the time that came around, they were still up two to nothing. And I promise you, we will get to Logan Webb in just a second. But Evan Longoria just continued to hit off of him. There's a high drive in the deep left field. This has a chance. Way back there. And goodbye! He was on the injured list for two months. His first home run since coming back. That has to feel good. Three nothing Giants. And he did that to start off the seventh inning, and then eventually uh, Marcus Stroman would get out of that seventh inning, but still the Giants had a 3 nothing lead. And at the end of that inning, we saw Logan Webb come up to bat, which means that he was going to pitch the eighth. And Logan Webb in the previous had looked fantastic. He gave up seven hits. He gave up two earned runs. He had eight Ks and only one walk on the day. 21 of the 23 batted balls that Logan Webb had given up, 21 of the 23 balls that were hit, were ground outs. Barely any flyouts in this game at all. And if it wasn't for Logan Webb, knowing how slow Marcus Stroman works, if it wasn't for Logan Webb and how well he pitched, that game could have lasted a lot longer than the total time of 2 hours and 27 minutes. 2 hours and 27 minutes that game could have lasted. But Logan Webb ends up giving up that two-run homer to Pete Alonzo, of course, because that always happens. And luckily, that Evan Longoria home run ended up being the insurance that they needed. And, um, you know, Logan Webb wouldn't be able to finish out the, uh, uh, wouldn't finish the eighth inning. Instead, Tony Watson had to come in and relieve him. And then luckily, in the ninth inning, after Harleen Garcia gave up, uh, Garcia, excuse me, gave up a leadoff single, to Jeff McNeil and then ended up striking out Jonathan Jonathan VR and then uh, Patrick Mazieka grounded out to make it two outs. Gabe Kapler brought in Dominic Leone and he got the one out save on the strikeout on Kevin Pillar. 
And Kevin Pillar had already argued a strikeout call earlier on in the game when he struck out. And then this one, it wasn't that favorable with that slider. It wasn't where Leo wanted it to, wanted it to go. But they ended up finishing that game and getting the big 3-2 win. But Logan Webb deserves all the credit in the world. And Gabe Kapler spoke about Logan Webb's start after the game. Says that he's been one of the best starters in this past calendar month. Well, I don't think there's any denying that he's been among the league's best starters, not just ours, but the league's best starters over the last calendar month since he came off the, the IL. And he's, he's kind of gotten better and better. And, and today was his, his most efficient outing to date. Efficiency is the thing that kind of gives you the hope that he can be, he, he can keep doing this because we all know that the movement and the stuff is, is there. And it's really just the, the pounding of the strike zone. And even with the fifth, as I mentioned, I'm going to continue to mention those things because I think it's important to keep raising in the bar for Logan, he's that good. I mean, he, I think he responds very well to you know occasional critical feedback. So I think we need to continue to to show him where he can be even better. But just absolute excellence since he's come off the IL. And as I do that thing, that radio thing, where I act like I know all of Logan Webb's compiled stats within the last month, all you got to do is do that MLB.com thing where you just choose the last thirty days, and you can try and see if uh, Gabe Kapler's points are valid, and they are very valid. In the last month, in his six starts, he's had a 1.98 ERA on 36.1 innings pitched. He's only given up four home runs. He struck out 38 and only walked nine, and guys are hitting off of him 200. Well, 203 to be exact, but 200 batting average for uh, guys hitting against Logan Webb. And his ERA in the past month is the sixth best Behind Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, who is now on the IL, Marco Gonzalez, Cal Quantrill, and Jamison Tyone from the Yankees. So Logan Webb has been just as good as Corbin Burns. Uh, man, Adam Wainwright and Madison Bumgarner are on this list in the last month. Tyler Malley, Robbie Ray. I, I mean, this dude has been among the league's best starters in the last 30 days, and there's no denying it. And last night, he just looked incredibly comfortable. And right now, he is in among starter uh, among starters, among all pitchers in baseball. He is in the 88th percentile in getting guys to chase pitches, in chase rate, as they call it. And we saw that last night when he is facing a right-handed batter and he gets them deep into account you know one two maybe two two count and, and he has some room to throw a pitch outside of the zone he uses that slider to his advantage and last night it was working for him not only that but just the location of his sinker and everything he's getting guys to ground out and doing the job that's needed to be done and really look if he continues on this track Seeing as how he's performed since coming uh, back from the IL, which was in the beginning of July, which is which was around uh, July 9th, seeing how well he is pitched, man, I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Webb. <sighs> is your number two starter. I think Kevin Gosman, despite the numbers, despite the fact that really he hasn't been the same since the All-Star break as we're trying to get him uh, back to where he was, but Kevin Gosman, I think, is your number one, and we've been wondering who the number two is going to be. You know, I mean, once Dee Sclafani comes back from the IL, we'll see how he pitches. Alex Wood is another guy we've been talking about. And really, I've been saying that this rotation going into the playoffs, you need a solid one, two, three uh, starter. But for me, it seems like Gosman and Logan Webb are going to be that number one and that number two, depending on the matchups that they're going to have in the playoffs, because Logan Webb has been damn good. (laughs) Incredibly good. And it's also awesome seeing his family in the stands and everything, but without Logan Webb last night, I don't know if the Giants get that win. Logan Webb just held him scoreless through the first seven, even though Marcus Stroman was absolutely dealing after that first inning, giving up the two-run homer to Tommy LaStella. It was an ultimate pitcher's duel last night. I wish every game would last two and a half hours. Don't you? I really do. But you look at the numbers, the Mets were 1-for-5 with runners in scoring position, while the Giants were 0-for-2 
but there's the guys left on base, there were only six for the Mets, whereas there were three for the Giants. That means there were barely any guys getting on base. There were a lot of ground balls, a lot of fly balls, a lot of defense being played. I gotta give uh, cre- uh, I gotta give credit to Brandon Crawford because anytime um, it felt anytime it felt like the uh, it felt like the Mets, you know, let off an inning with a single or a base hit, and it looked like they could possibly get some sort of rally going. Brandon Crawford would save the day with a with a with a with a you know with a double play that one that he had where he had to hold off Tommy Listella and ended up to get, getting on second and um, you know doing the six three double play doing it all on his own Logan Webb making that nice play uh, with the swinging bunt from Pete Alonso where. I don't know how he did it. I don't think we're going to pay attention enough to that play specifically from last night out of everything that happened. But when he had his left arm practically wrapped around Buster Posey because there was a miscommunication about who was going to field that swinging bunt and still he managed to throw that ball to first, throw a strike to first to get Alonzo out. It was a it was a it was a nice nicely played baseball game yesterday. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable, and luckily the Giants came out on top and somehow got a uh, 78-42 record as they continue uh, against the Mets, and just, I think they've won seven straight series now? Seven straight? I didn't think they'd be doing that uh, in the months of July and August, really since the post-All-Star break, and right now they're still four games up uh, on the Dodgers, and uh, 12 games up on the Padres, who lost to the Rockies last night, even though they had a three-homer game. That's insane. That's Didn't expect to be here. Didn't expect to be here, but, but yet again, the Giants, they got it done with Logan Webb, and now they need to continue this. And tonight is going to be a huge game for Buster Posey, in my opinion. This is one today. It's going to happen at 12.45. You're going to have DeSclafani coming, uh, uh, playing against uh, Tyler McGill, who, quite frankly, I've uh, never really heard of because I haven't watched much Mets baseball this year. But DeSclafani going to be making his start today. Hopefully he gets back on track, but it's going to be a big one for Buster Posey, who last night had four strikeouts, three of which were against Stroman, and the uh, other one against the reliever, whose name is escaping me, who is absolutely dealing yesterday. He had a 1.17 ERA heading into the game. Let me let me just pull up the name just so I'm here. Loop. That's right. Loop is the name. Aaron Loop. And somehow Buster Posey struck out four times, which is the first time he's done it since 2019. He's only done it three times in his career, two other times in his career, if you're being exact. But going to be a big bounce back game for him today at 1245. All right. 888 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. We'll circle back around to some baseball talk, but coming up next, there was a contract extension from the Seattle Seahawks. So I did a little research project in terms of the big contracts done within the NFC West, and let me just tell you, I think the 49ers are in a pretty good spot. Take away the quarterback competition for this season. Take away the talk for 2021. I think the future is very bright for the 49ers, no matter what happens this season, and I'll explain that next. 888 Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Going to talk a little football here, and we'll continue to talk football, and then we'll circle back around to baseball as well as the San Francisco Giants and give an update uh, regarding Oakland A's pitcher Chris Bassett. Just thoughts are with him, man. Just hopefully for a speedy recovery. Want to see him back on the mound uh, at some point this season because seeing that yesterday, uh, it was a scary moment. But something else that happened yesterday in the world of football, and this was reported by Ian Rappaport, really, man, I don't know, about maybe 20 hours ago, (laughs) 18, 19 hours ago, so a little bit after my show was over. But the Seahawks agreed to terms on a contract extension for safety Jamal Adams, who they traded a boatload of draft assets for. They gave him a four-year, $70 million deal. It makes him the league's highest paid safety. He gets $38 million guaranteed, and he was holding out of practice a majority of the time just so he could get this contract extension. He was pulling a holdout. And it's the same with their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, who is about to be, what, like 36 years old. So they have that going. And that that obligated me. And I wanted to take a look because there's always that question in the NFC West. And that question is going to pop up at some point during the NFL season. I guarantee you this question is going to pop up. But who would you rather be in the next five, in the next five years? Would you rather be the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, or the Rams? Who would you rather be? That's a question that always pops up. And when I looked at these deals and seeing the extensions that were done for the 49ers earlier this year, I figured I'd take a look and do a little research process. Project. And here's the reason why, if I'm a 49er fan, and you're looking at this team for the 2021 season, you know, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback competition, we all have an opinion on it. We can all agree to disagree. It might be damn near the most polarizing topic in Bay Area sports history, second to KD and Draymond and that whole kerfuffle. And we'll be getting that interview later on today. I believe it's being released at 8 o'clock this morning, so we're going to play that sound for you on the morning roast as soon as that interview's over. And if you don't know what that is, I kind of just glossed over it. I'll get to that in the next segment and give you a little update because I do have some thoughts on it. But Jamal Adams received that extension, and he'll be a free agent come 2026. Now, I saw that deal, and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's that's what they wanted to do. Jamal Adams, one of the better safeties in the NFL. He's going to play up in the box. They're going to go um, you know, with eight men in there, and he's really good at getting to the quarterback, stopping the run. Pass coverage is, you know, it's good, but really where Jamal where Jamal Adams' value is at is being able to play multiple positions on the field, not just being a cover type of safety. He can really do it all. He's a good player, very good player. But in 2026, the guys who are going to be free agents are Jamal Adams and Tyler Lockett and then punter Michael Dixon. And that's it. Those are the two guys that they got locked up until then. They still need to pay DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson is going to be coming to the end of his contract uh, by the time 2023 rolls around. Um, Look, there are going to have to be some moves that are made with the Seahawks. And in 2026, that's what it's looking like for the Seahawks. You got Jamal Adams and Tyler Lockett and then Michael Dixon. That's just the punter, right? And that actually makes you think, like, what's Mitch Wichnowski going to make uh, whenever he gets a contract extension? However... With the Cardinals, the only guy in 2026 who is not going to be a free agent is Zaven Collins, who is their rookie first rounder. With the Rams, it's Robert Woods. But with the 49ers, it's George Kittle, it's Kyle Juszczyk, 
And then Trey Lance is going to be at that point where he'll be a free agent, but he'll already have a contract extension by then, so they'll have that all figured out. Fred Warner and Trent Williams, their deals don't expire until 2027. And then in 2025, look, with the Seahawks, you got all those rookies, but other than that, there aren't any guys who are given contracts till then. Guys who they've tried to pay right now. There aren't any guys there. With the Cardinals, you got Buda Baker, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Isaiah Simmons. So they got three pretty damn good players, and you could expect Kyler Murray's going to be getting an extension also. But the 49ers, they got Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Brandon Ayuk, as well as the rest of the rookies in Trey Sermon, uh, Diamador Lenore, Talanoa Hufanga, Ambry Thomas, all those guys. So I, I was just looking down the list. And I'm thinking, you know, the 49ers have nine guys that are paid after 2025 already. And those nine guys are primary for their, for their squad. Nine of the 22 players that they have now are already there post-2025. The Seahawks, this is the first time that they've paid a guy like this at that point. They still need to pay Dwayne Brown. Don't know what's going to be happening on their offensive line. But the 49ers have made it so that these dudes that they've signed to these big contracts, they're going to be within the primary position. Again, Trent Williams, left tackle. Fred Warner, middle linebacker. George Kittle, your tight end. Kyle Juszczyk, your fullback. Those guys are crucial for your run game. Especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which, uh, which, you know, which relies on that run game to open things up for the passing game. And then as well as Trey Lance, too, when he starts being that dual threat quarterback that everyone talks about. It's crucial that you have those guys locked up. And then you got Fred Warner at middle linebacker, and you still got time to pay uh, Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk at that point. And I actually think um, Brandon Ayuk is going to be the interesting one. That's going to be the contract uh, that, you know, three years down the line. That's the one that I'm going to be looking to because you can bet that. The Vikings are going to pay Justin Jefferson at some point. You can bet the Colts could be paying uh, Michael Pittman. You can bet that you know Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, all those guys are going to be getting contract extensions with their respective teams because they're all they're all vital parts of that organization. And I wonder where Brandon Ayuk stacks up on the list because if you're looking in 2022, and let's just look to next year. Right now, the Seahawks have $60 million to spend. They're $60 million below the projected cap. And they still need to pay four different players, one of which is Will Disley, who is a very good tight end. I don't know how much money they're going to be able to spend if they want to add anyone else in free agency as well as the draft. The Cardinals... They're $18 million below the cap. They only have $18 million to spend in 2022. And they have Chandler Jones, who still needs to be paid. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, James, Con- James Conner, all on the offense. And then you got Malcolm Butler on defense. So those are six different names that I'm giving you, and they only have $18 million to spend in free agency. The Rams... They don't have anybody. They're already above the cap for next season. And the 49ers, they only have $10 million to spend so far. And Lakin Tomlinson, Raheem Mostert, Contavious Street, DJ Jones, Kwan Williams, Joukowsky Tart, and Mo Sanu are all, uh, are, are all going to be free agents next season. So next year is going to be an interesting one in terms of free agency. And I know I'm already talking way into the future. But point being... The fact that the 49ers have really already set themselves up for basically 2024 and beyond, and you could still get a lot of production from the rookies, and you could get those guys under contract in the future. I'm just seeing that Jamal Adams deal, and I'm thinking, okay, they got their guy. They got a good player on defense, but they don't have a lot of these draft picks whom you want to pay. Guys who deserve all these contracts. So I think the 49ers are in a very good spot after just doing a little digging and seeing that number. If you just take a look, go, like, if you have a half hour, if you have a half hour at night in the evening, 
You have a half hour of free time. You have a half hour of free time at work. Just take a look at Spotrack and go through the contracts. You'll just think, wow, man, the 49ers really did their due diligence and they paid their guys when they were supposed to be paid. You know, paying, paying them when they're supposed to be paid, make them much more than a minimum wage. Shout out to Mac Dre. But man... I, I, I was like, I looked at that yesterday, and I'm just thinking, you know, they got Jamal Adams, but other than that, really, bef- they, they don't have much. So I just think the future is very, very bright for the 49ers. Just take away the 2021 season for a second. Take away your thoughts on that, but look toward the future. I think you should be very happy with how this team is shaping out. However, and we'll get to this next, Triple Eight Nine Five Seven Nine Five Seven Zero. We did get some updates from training camp yesterday, and I'll give you the quarterback stats that were being reported from the practice, but there is one injury that we are not talking about enough, and one that I think is a cause for concern. I, I, I think at this point, you can be concerned about it. We'll get to all that next. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Stephen Lightfoot in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a pleasant... What is it, Wednesday? I always, I always get my days mixed up anytime I uh, take a Monday off. But today is Wednesday. And um, I will get to my thoughts on Draymond Green and Kevin Durant in this interview that's about to be released in T-minus two hours and 21 minutes. It's going to be at 8 a.m. Pacific time by Bleacher Report. KD and Draymond, they sat down and had an interview. And, of course, the... Tease the trailer for the whole thing was Draymond asking Kevin Durant questions and he was peppering him with everything. Why don't you have a wife? What happened with the Clippers game? Did that end your Warriors tenure? You're like, what happened? So I will have uh, my thoughts on that later on. But you do have some updates on the 49ers. But there's also this one thing that I saw that came across my timeline here. And this is something we haven't really talked about because these um, these rules were made over the weekend and I hadn't been here. And, you know, of course, Tuesday, I just wanted to rattle off any Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo takes that I could because that's what us radio hosts do. And that's a sick thing. Uh, but <laughs> we got to get our sports takes out. But I saw this quote from John Mara, who is, of course, with the New York Giants, New York Giants owner, and they had a competition committee, the NFL did, which is compromise, uh, uh, comprised of the owners, and they said that there's going to be a point of emphasis on cracking down on taunting. Quote, that's something we discuss every year in the competition committee. We get kind of sick and tired of the taunting that does go on from time to time on the field. We tried to balance the sportsmanship with allowing the players to have fun, and there's always a fine line there, and none of us like to see that. It's just a question of whether you can have rules that can be enforced and without taking the fun out of the game, too. But nobody wants to see a player taunting another player. I know I certainly don't. I think the rest of the members of the competition committee feel the same way, too. It's just like, let the players be the players. <laughs> let, let them do whatever they want to do. We're sick and tired of the, what, the losing? Is that ri- Yeah, because you're with the New York Giants. <laughs> like, you guys lose all the time. How about you get a better team and you won't be sick and tired of the taunting? They won't taunt you as much if you win football games. How about you do that? Now, granted, it's not you know it's it's not entirely his fault because you know Saquon Barkley unfortunately got hurt uh, for the entirety of the season, but nevertheless, you still don't have an offensive line. You haven't built your team the right way. You've been 
just just cycling through head coach after head coach. But also, I guarantee you, any of these, the, the we that he's talking about here, because it's not just Mara, but the we that he's talking about are these other owners of teams who stink. How about you get a better football team instead of just complaining about the taunting that happens against your crappy team? Against your crappy franchise. Well, not necessarily the franchise. I don't want to go after the franchise because the New York New York Giants do have a history. So, look, I just saw that and I'm, I'm thinking, really? They're going to take away the taunting from the 650? Bull crap. I love seeing that bleep. Sorry for the language, nice guy. That's from my text to speak. That's from my text to talk. That's okay. You can swear as much as you want on the text line. It's not gonna. It's not like it's going through the FCC. I'm not gonna read any of your swear words. So it's it's nowhere. Look, I'm a professional. Okay. Anytime I see that, I'm gonna bleep it out. I'm gonna bleep it out. I did just bleep it out, right? <laughs> swear. I'm a professional. So. As we transition here to a team that really I don't think is going to stink in the 2021 season, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. However, there is a caveat to this. Because I do think the 49ers, they have a good starting roster. They have the the 22 that they're going to be putting out there in week one on the field with the starters. I think they got a good roster. However, I do think the depth is in question outside of the defensive line. I do think that there is a point where you can't have certain guys get injured. And one guy who, really, we haven't been making enough of this, but one guy who just got voted to, what, number 42 on the NFL's top 100 and that's Trent Williams. And speaking of which, I love I love the top 100, by the way. I don't know. A lot of people are kind of out on it. But I think there's a sense of pride that players get when they are voted to this list, considering it is voted on by the players. And I tend to learn a lot about, uh, you know, safeties, cornerbacks, offensive linemen, guys who don't get enough recognition in the league. I tend to learn more about them based off that top 100 because, you know, as an NFL fan, you got to be willing to learn time and time again since there are a lot of players that are Outside, that are really good outside of the sexy positions. But the fact that he was number 42 on that list, I mean, that's an honor. That is an honor. However, jeez, whoever puts the phone ring in here, my goodness. But we're seeing Trent Williams not participate in practice. Instead, they have these swing tackles coming in. They have a fifth-round pick in Jalen Moore who's filling in for him. But Williams was hitting the knee late in Monday's practice and had some swelling on Tuesday. And then Sean Coleman, the third stringer, who was the original swing tackle, he had an injury during Saturday's game. It feels like there are a few positions that you just can't make up for that need to stay healthy in 2021 if you want to succeed. Because really, here's the here's the interesting thing that's come out of all of this Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo talk. It's that they are expecting, and, and, and I'm talking they as in you, the 49er fan. It sounds like a lot of 49er fans are expecting Super Bowl are expecting NFC Championship. Because that is the only reason why... And it's not, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily the only reason. There are plenty of other reasons, too. It's, it's, it's much more nuanced than just this. But a big reason why people are making the argument for Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starter throughout the season is because Garoppolo gives you the better chance to win and take you to the Super Bowl. An argument that always happens is, well, a rookie quarterback has never taken a team to the Super Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. But it's just like, for me, that's saying you have Super Bowl aspirations. And if this guy, if Trent Williams is hurt and you got to rely on a fifth round pick to be the swing tackle, maybe for, you know, two, three weeks, you can make up for that. You can, you know, put the band aid on it there. But if Trent Williams isn't there for a majority of the season, that's a guy who is on the must-not-get-injured list. (laughs) 
<laughs> like if I had to name a lot of these guys, George Kittle is right up there. Brandon Ayuk, you can always make up for it with wide receiver, and if you have a good quarterback, I think that they can, um, you know, uh, alleviate some of that, uh, uh, some of the, uh, the 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 depth there. So I do think that the quarterback can make up for it. But, um, you know, and the safety, too. Jaquaski tart currently on the pup list. But uh, Jaquaski tart and Tony Jefferson both not able to participate. It looks like with Hufanga, they have something there at the safety position. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. But um, Jason Verrett is another one of those guys where I don't know if they have enough corners to make up for it because you got Emmanuel Mosley. He's going to be your number one. Kwan Williams primarily works out of the slot. I think Jason Verrett is on the must-not-get-injured list as I can't come up with a better term than that as of right now since I just made that up. But we need to keep an eye on that. I think that's an important one. If he was struck in the knee and had some swelling there, they just gave him a big contract. Trent Williams is going to be crucial this season if you do uh, want to see them make the Super Bowl. But speaking of which, the quarterbacks yesterday. <laughs> Again, we're getting numbers from practice. It, we, we're getting numbers from practice. Yet again, I don't think I've seen box scores from practice as much as I have this year. But Garoppolo connected on 12 of 16 throws, and he was 8 of 12 in move-the-ball sessions, whereas Trey Lance completed 9 of his 15 throws in 11-on-11s and 4 of 7 in move-the-ball scenarios, where the thing I'm not even focusing on are the numbers there, but the one thing I'm focusing on with Lance is the fact that he said Richie James also dropped one of Lance's passes at the sideline. We saw him drop drop a pass on Saturday. What's happening with Richie James? What's going on with him? No idea. Is he even going to make this team? Because it seems like Richie James might be the guy you want at returner. You don't have anyone there right now who is your specialist as a returner. They're kind of just rotating guys in and out. I don't know if you want Brandon Ayuk to be that guy, but if Richie James continues to drop passes, that was my main takeaway from that. I need to see them in... An actual game. I want to see them in their joint practices as well. I won't be taking those uh, with a grain of salt because, after all, this is practice. And just seeing the numbers, we don't know what they were trying to work on. Why, you know, he only connected on 9 of 15 of his passes, whereas Garoppolo connected on 12 of 16. We don't know what the plays looked like. We don't know what the backup offensive line looked like. Blah, blah, blah. All the all those different things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff we just don't notice in practice. But, look. I think that Trent Williams, when you're paying attention to that injury, if Trent Williams gets hurt and you're going out there with an offensive line, Alex Mack might even be on that list too. Alex Mack is, you know, he, he, he's, he, he's not exactly in his prime, but still he's one of the better centers in the league. And I think offensive linemen, no matter the age, I think that they can, uh, I think that they can overcome the quote unquote age barrier, whatever it is. I think offensive linemen can play, uh, well into their thirties. So I have no doubt that Alex Mack is going to be good this season. But right guard is already in question. Left guard, you got Lakin Tomlinson there. Mike Le- Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, he did struggle last year in pass protection. Actually, in run blocking, it wasn't too bad. But um, last year, he did struggle in pass protection according to the numbers. So if Trent Williams is not on the field during the regular season, you got a problem there. You got a problem there. Like there's there's no replacing that kind of guy, especially when you're going up against teams, which quite frankly, I know in that second segment of the show over at five fifteen, I was talking crap about the future for the Seahawks because they just you know, they don't have many draft picks and the only guy they got locked in until twenty twenty six is Tyler Lockett and Jamal Adams and beyond that, they still need to make a bunch of other contract extensions and they're already over the cap. It's just uh it's just it's a mess in my opinion. However, this season going into it, they are going to have a pass rush. The Rams, they already got Aaron Donald. We know what they can do there. The Cardinals, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, need I say more there? You know, like they 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 got some they got some pass rushers on each of those three teams and not to mention week 1 you're going up against the Lions. Okay, it's the Lions, but week 2 
You're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles with that four-man front. They're always formidable. Like You're going to need these guys to be healthy on the offensive line, and Trent Williams is right at the top of the list for me. Right at the top of the list. You know, if you know Garoppolo or Lance, depending on who's in the game, gets hurt, you still have some depth there at quarterback because you can go with Garoppolo or Lance. Not going to be able to go with Josh Rosen, by the way, who ended up getting waived because he didn't feel like he was getting enough opportunities. And it looks like um, Josh Rosen was just a, a bust as a first-round pick. So uh, they ended up waiving him yesterday. But, you know, Nate Sudfeld getting more reps than yet. It's just, you know, that's it. But I- I'm just... I'm thinking the injury bug has already hit them earlier this season with Tarverius Moore and Jeff Wilson being the first couple of guys. You just can't risk it. You can't risk it. And now superstition is just completely out the door for Kyle Shanahan, who's not wearing that red hat anymore solely based on what happened last season. I don't know if you saw that. He was asked about it, and he's not going to be wearing that red hat, you know, with the small 49ers logo anymore because of his superstition about what happened last year. And we saw the way that he's, uh, you know, got the comb over, kind of like Cliff Kingsbury. There's not going to be any... They're, they're going to be a hatless head coach. They're going to be hatless, all the head coaches in the NFC West. They're all going to be hatless. And it's based on superstition. But look, I think the injuries, it's something that you do need to keep an eye on because the 22 that they're going to put out on the field, if they're healthy, it's a good 22 players. But there are a couple of guys out of those 22 who you just can't have get hurt. Fred Warner is another one of those dudes who continues to show out in practice and has been the standout guy at training camp yet again. Fred Warner's another one of those guys. George Kittle's right up there. Kyle Juszczyk, you can maybe make up for it, but you are, we, we, we already know the value that Kyle Juszczyk has on this team as well. Man, number one priority has got to be health with these guys. Because I'm seeing that yesterday. I'm seeing that Trent Williams still hasn't practiced because his knee had swelled up swelled up after taking a hit. Makes him nervous, especially knowing how good Trent Williams can be and the fact that we had that entire free agency period this year where we're just waiting. You remember that? You remember that when we're just waiting on the Trent Williams deal to happen? <laughs> we're just like, when, please. Then the IG story comes out where he says he made that money, and then it got reported that morning right before the 5 a.m. show. I'm sure you were all awake for it. Yeah, I'm sure every one of you were. We do have a caller on the line, and of course I do not have a call screener because I am in the producer studio, so I'm doing it on the air. So what is your name, and where are you calling from? You are on the line. Hey, good morning, Stephen. Uh, the nice guy. This is Duriel from San Jose. Duriel, all right. What do you got, man? I'm just going to reiterate that you know this season rides on Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, James Garoppolo. We're not going to call you Jimmy. You James. All right, you're going to have to play like Joe Montana or at least Steve Young and everything. You know, nine, nine, that year that he won the Super Bowl in 1990 against the Broncos. You need to study that. You need to you know play like Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl. Every single game, all season long, like I said, you know, it doesn't matter who's out there on the field. You need to make sure you get our receivers the ball. You know, don't rely on the running game and uh, and the defense and everything. Do not play like that, Jimmy Garoppolo, James, because you will end up on the bench and on your way out of town with a one-way ticket. Don't come back and everything. You know what I mean? Because we don't. We're the 49ers. We're not the Raiders. We're not going to start the rookie and everything. That's a Raider move and everything. We're a class organization. We're going to set an example, and we're going to continue to be fair to you, just like we have been. We rolled out the red and gold carpet and everything, and instead of doing, instead of going to Joe Montana's house, asking him how to win the Super Bowl like you should have when you got here, you wanted to go party and do whatever you were doing. Well, now you know what it's like to be Joe Montana, living life on the edge, with Steve Young on his heels and everything, and they had to carry Joe Montana off the field. He wishes he could still play right now and everything, but he can't. But you got to go out there and do that's what 49er fans, 14 and 2, that was a normal season for us. All these teams and all these fans, they hate us because we used to own them and we used to kill them and everything. Every single season, every single play, stop acting like you won the Super Bowl after every little first down. Act like you've been there before. Tom Brady showed you how to do it. How many times does he have to show you how it's done? And if anybody's got a chip on their shoulder next year, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's coming back for some. He's coming back for some revenge. So you better be ready for that and everything. And we got our answer for that with Trey Lance 
if you go out there and get to losing, you better get to throw some touchdowns yeah. and some hundred yard game real fast. It doesn't matter who's out there. Take some pressure off the defense and off Bosa and let them rush the quarterback and let the running backs run at the end of the game when it's time to do that and let Trey Lance come get some garbage time. Glad you mentioned that name, Duriel, and thank you so much for the call. But the news yesterday came about that Nick Bosa um, uh, has gotten vaccinated. And if you've heard me on this show, you know uh, my stance on that. But one thing that that showed with me with Bosa getting vaccinated is that he plans on playing. Like, like it's it's clear that the NFL has made it so the, the way they worded it in their statement was that life is going to be easier for you as an NFL player if you are vaccinated. So the fact that Nick Bosa is uh, reportedly vaccinated, that was according to a source from Matt Mayoko on NBC Sports Bay Area, that shows me that he's ready to play come week one of the regular season. And that shows some responsibility as well, because it, it, it is responsible. I, I, I do, um, I, I do implore anybody uh, to get it, because I do think it is a form of responsibility. But I do think getting that news yesterday should give you some relief if you're a 49er fan um, that Nick Bosa is planning to play uh, come the regular season. Uh, just to get one more thing in here right before we get to the morning roast, but Draymond Green and Kevin Durant they're doing and sit down interview here where Draymond Green is asking questions and the way that it was uh, the, the trailer was edited. It was, they just had every one of Draymond Green's questions there with, <laughs> with KD just sitting there with a straight face it's just, why don't you have a wife? Why don't you have kids? Why did you leave the Warriors? And it's just showing KD just sitting there. So we're going to get some answers and the thing with me, and, and, and this will be released at 8 o'clock, so tune in after 8. We're going to have all the sound for you on the morning roast and throughout the station. So if you don't have a chance to listen by then, every show is going to have the sound. You don't want to miss it. But the thing with me is, I mean, with Draymond, if Kevin Durant admits that that now, we don't like to think that that whole thing with the Clippers would happen with Draymond and KD and regulation. We don't like to uh, use that as the reason as to why KD was gone. Everyone is saying KD was already gone before that. That that that, that was just you know that was just icing on the cake. Whatever. That was just the cherry on top. But to me, if he says straight up, "Yep, that was the thing that did it," and you're watching him in the playoffs, you're seeing him at one point going 55, 45, and ninety. 55 from the field, 45 from three, and 90% from the free throw line. You're seeing that in the playoffs, and you're thinking, okay, wait a second. So, I mean, look, this could have, (laughs) if this goes the wrong way and KD gives some answers, man, Draymond could be looked at differently come this year. Although, probably nothing's going to happen. KD might just say, you know, oh, I, I, I planned it already. That Clippers thing had nothing to do with it. That's just basketball, blah, blah, blah. He might not give the answer that you want, but really, in my opinion, KD, the opinion on him is going to remain the same. It's the opinion on Draymond, which could change after this interview. So that's going to be... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.